0: Welcome to the Azure Security Podcast, where we discuss topics relating to security, privacy, reliability, and compliance on the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 71. This is gonna be one of those special episodes. Um, I'm here with my colleague, Peter Van Hover, to talk about a feature that is about to go into preview, which is uh, Azure SQL Database using, always encrypted, using virtualization-based security. This is actually a really cool feature. Again, we're going to talk about this in more detail with Peter. uh, But before we get stuck into it, Peter, welcome to the podcast. Uh, We'd like to take a moment and just introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Yeah. Hi, Michael. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, So yeah, I'm Peter. I'm a program manager in the data platform security team. Um, That's the team that manages all the security features in Azure SQL, in managed instance, in SQL Server but also all the other uh, data platform services that we have, like Cosmos DB, PostgreSQL, and MySQL. And I'm the program manager for two features, for Ledger, which is all about data integrity, and and I'm also the program manager for Always Encrypted.
0: Very cool. So for those uh, who are not aware, so Peter and I are actually colleagues, we're on the same team. Peter looks after, as he mentioned, specific security features uh, whereas I'm more on the sort of engineering side of, of things, sort of looking at you know software design and threat modeling and code code quality and crypto design and all that sort of stuff. So our paths cross on a on a very regular basis. So this is actually really cool stuff. It's a new feature that is, again, in preview for Azure SQL DB, always encrypted using a new form of enclave technology called virtualization-based security or VBS. So before we get stuck into that and we position this new technology, Peter, why don't we just go through the current options that we have today in both SQL Server on-prem or in a VM, as well as Azure SQL DB. So if you want to sort of rattle off those options, and then uh, we'll we'll discuss them, and then hopefully we'll lead into um, Always Encrypted.
1: First option that um, our customers have in SQL and in Azure SQL is TDE, or Transparent Data Encryption. And like it mentioned, it is completely transparent for for our customers. So, what is the engine doing? Is it's really encryption at rest. So everything that is um, written to the data files or written to disk before it is written to the disk, it is going to be encrypted. And if you need to read something from disk, um, we're going to fetch it from the data files. We're going to decrypt it and load it decrypted in in the memory of SQL Server. So. For the customers, for the applications, it's completely transparent. Um, And like I said, it's really encryption at rest, so not um, in use. Um, Another technology that we have is is column encryption, which is um, a technology where you can encrypt specific columns using um, a certificate and symmetric keys as well, kind of like an older technology, I think, to be honest. Then in Azure, we also have SQL in, that can run in a confidential virtual machine, which basically it's a specific machine that is using a specific hardware as well under the hood so that you can have, it's a specific CPU that is used under the hood, um, which means that DVM memory is completely encrypted and the integrity is protected by um, the CPU that has created uh, the keys for that.
0: Yeah, it's an AMD Epic CPU or virtual CPU using a technology called SEVSMP. It's actually pretty cool technology. I see Intel just released something very similar as well, and we're, we're looking at that. Actually, I'll put a link to that in the, in the show notes as well, just out of interest. But yeah, so the, the keys, the actual symmetric keys that are used to encrypt the the VM uh, in use while it's actually it being in use of the memory and everything. Um, they're ephemeral keys that are actually managed by the CPU. So it's actually pretty cool stuff. You know, there's obviously a performance implication of that, but by the same token, it's uh, it's very good for lift, you know very very simple lift and shift stuff. Yeah, it's cool stuff. If you look at these three technologies
1: that that we just mentioned, um, none of these protect your data from, for example, malicious DBAs. Right. If you look at TDE, it is decrypted when it is loaded into memory, so everybody that has access to your database can clearly uh, read the data. So we Created a new technology. Well, it's not that new anymore, which is called Always Encrypted. So if you look at the motivation uh, to to create Always Encrypted was to protect your data from malicious DBAs or people that cannot see your data. To give you an example, in, in my previous life, I was a DBA and when I came to customers, I always had full access to their databases. So I could just literally see everything. And sometimes, of course, if you have very sensitive information, um, a person, an external person like me as a consultant, yeah, I shouldn't have access to, or I shouldn't be able to read uh, this data. So that was one of the motivations to um, start creating Always Encrypted um, to enable our customers to confidentially store the most sensitive data um, in the cloud. So we started with Always Encrypted with our journey in 2015. So uh, as I said, the feature is not that new anymore with an initial version of Always Encrypted. So it's really a client-side encryption technology. So the data gets completely encrypted on the client sites within the client driver there and before it is being stored in the database. So we consider the only the application site as the trusted part and the network and the database engine is considered as non-trusted. So it means that the data is never decrypted inside the database, which means it provides you yeah, strong encryption. Um, but on the other hand, um, it gives you quite some limitations if you look at um, the computations of this protected data or these encrypted columns. Right? And one of the limitations, for example, with Always Encrypted was that you could only use uh, equality comparison on encrypted columns. It then even then had to support um, deterministic encryption. Do you know, Michael, the difference between deterministic encryption and randomized encryption? Or should I also explain this a little bit further?
0: Yeah, I I can explain it, you know, as the sort of the the resident crypto nerd. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so... Always Encrypted supports two ways of encrypting a column of data so the, the the data can be encrypted. By the way, it's always using the same the same key. The key is randomized for different tables, but it's the same key. If you use deterministic, then the for those of you who know about crypto, you have, for a, a symmetric block cipher, you have to have an initialization beta. And the reason why an IV exists is so that if you encrypt two plain texts that are the same... If you have a different IV, you get different ciphertexts, even though the key is the same. So, for deterministic encryption, we actually have the same. The, the IV is actually the plain text, so it's always. So, if you have two plain text, it's always the same. The same IV. With the, with randomized, you have a unique IV, unique initialization vector, even though the key is the same, and that means that there is uh, the resulting encryption operation results in different um, ciphertext. So same key, different IV, same plaintext will actually give you different ciphertext. So that's the difference between the two of them. The nice thing about deterministic is that it can be queried um, easily um, without using a, a secure enclave. But that's a, a discussion we're going to get into in a minute. Um, so you know, do you think that's probably enough I need to talk about with the, the difference between the two? Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, so this this first version of always
1: encrypted was released in sql 2016 um, and it is still available so if you look at the next versions you can still use always encrypted like uh, like it was before it is also available in azure sql db in managed instance and also in cosmos db so we uh, released always encrypted last year in in cosmos db so um, because there was also demand to have it uh, in in there as well so next what we have done then is we wanted to expand the capabilities of Always Encrypted because yeah you didn't have much flexibility there. And um, we introduced a new technology, like already mentioned, Michael, which is called Secure Enclaves, right? And yeah, what does it mean? Well, when processing SQL queries, the database engine delegates computations on encrypted data to that Secure enclave, So it is... Kind of like uh, well, not kind of like it's um, an isolated region of memory and all the data that uh, is stored inside that enclave cannot be accessed from uh, from outside uh, the enclave meaning cannot be accessed from from the os from os administrators from dba so it's really really a secure environment right so it means that the enclave then decrypts the data and then can perform these computations on plain text. So like I said, it's done completely safe um, because the enclave is a black box um, to the containing database engine process and the OS. So not even DBAs or machine administrators or whatever, they can look inside that enclave.
0: So this is incredibly important. This is really the the whole linchpin of the whole thing, right? If... The enclave, the SGX enclaves, SGX stands for software guard extensions. It's an Intel um, technology. So the root of trust for that goes all the way down to the CPU or the virtual CPU. And um, that memory is completely isolated and it's encrypted uh, in use. So the, and the actual symmetric keys that are used to encrypt that SGX, that SGX enclave, I should say, are actually managed by, by the CPU. They're not managed by Azure. They're not managed by, by the tenant. They're managed completely by the cpu so it's actually really cool because that way it restricts who has access and again like you mentioned you know malicious vba does not have access to the cpu and they certainly do not have access to the internal hardware of the cpu to access the symmetric keys so it's um it's a very strong defense incredibly strong defense
1: and on top of that when you use secure enclaves it is now possible or we can now support uh, rich confidential queries um, which means you can use um, pattern matching like um, like uh, range queries or uh, range comparisons, like larger than, smaller than. You can sort on encrypted columns. You can put an in indexonic. Um, you can group by, you can order by. So these are all extra, not functionalities, but yeah, you get this. Um, this is now now all possible by using these secure enclaves. And you can also use in-place um, Encryption it means that, for example, you can you can start or you can encrypt existing data without uh, moving the data out of the database, which was or which is not possible with the first version of Always Encrypted, which is now possible with by uh, using the the enclaves as well.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that. That's actually pretty cool. Actually, there's another thing that a lot of people don't realize exists. You can do this through SSMs, through SQL Server Management Studio, or from PowerShell scripts. When using always encrypted with secure enclaves, you can actually also do data encryption key rotation. Not just key encryption key rotation. I mean data encryption key rotation while the database is well, while the table is still being being used. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can sort of set, set up some parameters to say, hey, you know, rotate three percent of the of the database at a time or the table table at a time. Um, and it will try to not sort of impinge on the business processes. So being able to actually rotate data encryption keys while the database is in use is actually really, really cool. Um, Yes, that's another real nice benefit that um, Always Encrypted brings to the table.
1: Yes, exactly. This version of Always Encrypted uh, with secure enclaves was released in SQL Server 2019 and improved in SQL 2022 and is also available in Azure SQL Database now if we look at azure SQL database if you want to use secure enclaves you have to configure a specific um, hardware configuration like you said michael you need to have or we're using um, an intel software guard extension or sgx um, that is um, managing the enclave and if you want to use that you have to configure what we call a dc series in azure so when you configure your database you have to select uh, this specific DC series, which under the hood is going to use that um, specific Intel uh, CPU. Now, um, we have a lot of customers that are using these DC series, but it comes with um, with some, let's say, consequences. Like you said, there's no free lunch, right? Um, it means that if you want to use DC series, you're limited to the V core model. So you cannot use uh, the DTUs if you would like to use that. Um, on top of that, uh, you always have to use the compute model provision. So serverless is not available with the DC series. And um, yeah, one of the limitations that we, we also have currently is that we're use, or the maximum number of physical V cores that you can use is eight. So if we have, uh, we have some customers, um, they're using always encrypted. So not always encrypted, but secure enclaves because they need to have more than eight um, V-cores. And yeah, currently we, we don't, we do not have that functionality. So this is yeah, really um, a limitation in um, the DC series. Uh, another topic that I want to, to point out is that in Azure for the moment, the DC series are not available in every region. So it's, um, it's limited to a, a number of regions. So that's also, um, yeah one of the, the limitations that we have with uh, SGX. But we're working on this, so we, we are making improvements um, on, on SGX uh, as well for the moment. If we look at always encrypted with enclaves in SQL Server 2019, the enclaves are there used by VBS enclaves or virtualization security uh, based security now what is vbs vbs it's it's a software-based technology that relies uh, on yeah, windows hypervisor and does not require any specific hardware there so um that's uh, currently what we support in sql server 2019 and um sql 2022.
0: i think it's an important point the vbs stuff right so we do have memory isolation just as we do with SGX, but the isolation technology is different. Um, so rather than being something that's done by the Intel CPU, um, this is something that's actually being done by virtualization environment like hypervisor. So the same sort of isolation that you'd get between, say, VMs, as an example, that same kind of technology is being used to isolate a smaller chunk of memory. And that smaller chunk of memory runs a part of the SQL Server query engine, but that memory is completely isolated from, from say, the, the operating system that you are running on. So if you actually have a rogue, you know, a rogue on the on the machine, they can't actually get to the memory um, that's inside of this VPS enclave. Uh, and again, that, and that's all enforced by the hypervisor.
1: Yeah. So now, the whole purpose of this podcast is that we introduce a new flavor, let's call it, of always encrypted with secure enclaves in Azure SQL Database, uh, not using SGX enclaves, but using VBS enclaves. We're launching the public preview today of uh, VBS enclaves in Azure SQL database, which means it gives our customers a lot more um, advantages compared to SGX because um, as we mentioned, there is no hardware dependency which means that our customers, they can configure whatever database they want and they can use always encrypted with secure enclave. So they can choose to go for DTU or still go for vCores. They can go for a compute model provisioned or even serverless. Always encrypted functionality uh, will work. The limitation of the number of vCores, we also don't have it. So you can specify as much vCores at app- as you want and currently I think the maximum is up to 128 v cores and that is uh, yeah so the limitation of the v cores also goes away and this feature um, or VBS enclaves is um, available in all Azure uh, regions so there's no no limitations uh, anymore for for the regions and it's much easier to set up
0: as well for our customers so
1: we're going in public preview with that today.
0: So I think this is important, right? So you know, SGX very powerful, but it's more complex to set up. It doesn't scale as well. It's not available in every region, but it's, it's good at what it does. And then we have VBS, as you mentioned, which is now in preview, which offers a similar kind of meti- similar kind of mitigation. I mean, the implementation is different, but the key thing is, and I think this is so 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 important because it's been like a, a very very important pain point for customers is that the VMs, the the underlying VMs that run the platform as a service um, as a SQL database mm. is, you know, we had to use VMs that used the Intel CPU, uh, the specific Intel CPU. And the problem with that is that, again, um, there were memory, memory limitations, there were um, virtual CPU limitations and so on. And so we're sort of busting that wide open to allow you to use VBS enclaves which don't have those limitations. Yeah. And Michael,
1: one, uh, one thing we forgot to mention is the cost. If you, if you configure a DC series, it's quite expensive as well. So if you, if our customers can go for VBS enclaves, um, they can reduce the costs as well, because you just pay the price of a, a normal database. So, uh, we don't charge any extra costs for always, uh, or using always encrypted with secure enclaves.
0: This is really cool stuff. I'm I'm going to be honest I was, I was when I you know I saw this was coming out I was I got really excited because I think you know it's looking after many of the benefits of the SGX enclaves but without the the complexity without the cost, more scalability and uh, I think and and more region support which is uh, which is great to see. So this is a really good example of sort of the family of always encrypted yeah. you know sort of growing. I mean we have it in SQL server on-prem which uses VBS we have you know Azure SQL database, for example, in the cloud using SGX. And now we have uh, Azure SQL database in the cloud using VBS. Yeah. As well. So it really is a, a pretty broad family. So you can sort of choose what you what you need in terms of cost and performance and, and security, which is great to see.
1: Yeah, the the always encrypted family is growing, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, You know, my my background is obviously you know application development. And I've worked with a couple of customers over the years who have looked at always encrypted. It's an interesting issue because look, I'm gonna be honest. I I don't I think it's a very difficult proposition to take an existing system that you know beyond a hello world environment, take an existing, say, as a SQL database environment and just sort of flip the always encrypted bit. It's not as simple as that, but anyway, flip the always encrypted bit and expect the application to work. It's probably not because Certain queries may not work. You know, even VBS uh, or SGX, you know, enclaves don't support the entire SQL syntax. They they certainly a much bigger syntax than just equality and inequality, which is what the uh, always encrypted with no enclave supports. So, you know, my own personal recommendation is sure. You know, if you have an existing system, look at what it might take to migrate to always encrypted. But I think the sweet spot, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the sweet spot is going to be something something new, something greenfield. In other words, you're designing something from the get-go. So let's design it with Always Encrypted in mind. Is that a fair comment?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's not, not that easy to, like, you're right, it's not that easy to convert an existing application and, yeah, immediately start using Always Encrypted. Uh, no.
0: It is a complex topic. But that being said, if you are designing something from the get-go and you have some... Columns, for example, social security numbers is a great example in the U.S., right? Mm. Or sensitive uh, medical medical information, that kind of stuff. Yeah, those are those are candidates for for always encrypted columns. And if you design something from the get go and make sure that your developers understand the implications of always encrypted, you know the benefits are huge. The benefits from an attack perspective are huge, because if you take, for example, column encryption. As you mentioned before column encryption and TDE if an attacker gets onto the SQL server or into the SQL server through whatever you know, through whatever they get they get plain text whereas if you compromise a system running always encrypted, the attacker gets ciphertext. Yeah. and that's inc- an, an incredible story right because you know no matter how hard even, even if even if the attacker is you know a rogue say SQL server admin, they don't have the plain text, because they don't have access to the keys, and the keys, you know, and the, the keys are not held in memory like they are. Say, for example, with column encryption. So even if a, an attacker could actually get into the memory space of SQL Server, they can't get the, the data because it's the, the keys aren't there. Mm-hmm. In the case of um, SGX and VBS, the keys are held somewhere else where the attacker has no access because of either virtualization in the case of VBS, or a secure enclave using SGX in the case of, funny enough, SGX. So it's, a, it's an incredible defense, but you have to design around it correctly.
1: Yeah, looking at my example in the beginning of, of this, this podcast where I said I was a consultant, I went to financial uh, uh, companies like banks, insurance companies. They always gave me DBA um, or, sorry, system administrator permissions on their SQL servers. So I literally I could go in whatever table I wanted. And if I wanted to, I could fetch all the data and... Go home with it. But with always encrypted, you like you said, you I didn't have the key, so I couldn't see anything, but I could still do my job, right? I could, I still have access to the databases, to the SQL servers, but I don't have access to the sensitive information. So there's clearly a distinction there between who owns the data and who, who doesn't own the data and cannot see and cannot see it. Yeah.
0: You bring up an interesting point. I I've I had a similar experience as well, where customers wanted to make me, um, you know, admins of one kind or another. And it's funny because my answer's always been the same. It's like, no, I I don't want to be an admin. I just don't. It, you know, it's plausible deniability, right? You know, if something bad happens, it can't have been me because I wasn't an admin. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone who's listening there, if you're in a consulting capacity and your customer says, hey, you, you know, just be an admin on your database, or be an admin in Linux, or be an admin in Windows. The Answer really should be should be no. You know, get get someone who actually works for the company to, to, to do that to do that work um, rather than you. I would I would never never recommend that. Actually, I want to just point something else out here that always encrypted doesn't fix that people should be aware of. So always encrypted is actually actually the encrypted part is actually kind of a bit of a misnomer because it's actually it really should be always protected. If I had my way, I would have called it always protected. Because it's actually an encryption and an HMAC, right? So it actually verifies the integrity of the data to make sure that data has not been, not been manipulated. But what's interesting, and this is why it's always really important when you're considering any kind of defense, you know, what does it actually fix? So let's just, let's just take a hypothetical example where there's a table that's got all the list of salaries within Microsoft. I could actually lift, if I had access to the data... Enough, you know, obviously enough privilege to access the data and change data and what have you. Then I, unless say the salary column was encrypted with always encrypted, there's nothing actually preventing me in always encrypted from taking the ciphertext out of Satya's, you know, our CEOs out of his out of his row, to taking the the salary column out of his row or his record, taking that out as ciphertext and actually pasting it into my salary column. Always Encrypted does not mitigate that because the data itself has not been tampered with. Like it, the, the HMAC protects the actual, let's just call it the cell, the cell of data. So if I try to change that, it won't, it won't, um, it won't compute correctly, it won't uh, de- uh, decrypt correctly. But there's nothing stopping me actually lifting that cell out and pasting it into my cell. Assuming, of course, you know, access control aside, there's nothing stopping that at all. But that's where technologies like Ledger come in, right? Yeah. <laughs> because Ledger prevents that. Exactly. So that's why it's always really important to understand what you're actually mitigating with these technologies. So, you know, in many, for many customers, it may actually be a combination of always encrypted with Ledger. And the nice thing about Ledger is there's nothing required from an application perspective. It's all done by the database engine, yeah. um, which is absolutely beautiful. All right, Peter, this has been really, really useful. It's great to see you know VBS enclaves. It just you know expands the population of, of users or developers or admins that would actually want to use this, use this technology. But one thing that we always ask all our guests uh, is, if you had one thought to leave our listeners with, what would it be? What would it be is that
1: I would love that everybody starts, well, since it's VBS on is in public preview, I would love that our customers start using it, start playing with it, doing POCs with it, and give us feedback maybe we can still improve the feature or um, our customers, they notice that something can be added to the feature or something is not working correctly. Yeah, We'd love to get the the feedback of of our customers that are trying uh, VBS Enclaves.
0: All right, Peter. Hey, thank you so much for joining us this week. I know you've been really busy, especially with the release of um, uh, VBS Enclaves. So thanks for taking the time out. I sincerely appreciate it. And to all our listeners out there, we hope you found this useful. As Peter said, go kick the tires on VBS Enclaves. It's actually pretty cool technology. And uh, with that, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Azure Security Podcast. You can find show notes and other resources at our website, azsecuritypodcast.net. If you have any questions, please find us on Twitter at AzureSecPod. Background music is from ccmixter.com and licensed under the Creative Commons license.